Hello and welcome to Pedagodzilla, the pedagogic podcast with the pop culture core. In this episode, we'll be taking you down to the smoky basement bar of a pedagogic poetry slam for a groovy evening of hip and trendy learning design. But before all that, introductions. I am, as ever, Mike Collins. Tonight, your compare, a man with a microphone, a learning designer at the Open University, and imposter syndrome made flesh. And joining me this evening in this performance space of the ears, we have... I'm Mark Chant. I'm a senior learning designer from University of Durham. I'm Claire Hill. I'm a learning designer at the Open University. Uh, I'm Olivia Rowland. I'm a learning designer at the Open University. I'm Mark Williams and I'm a learning designer in FAS at the Open University. I am Dot and I'm a senior learning designer and I look after student voice at the Open University. I'm Chris Cox. I'm a learning designer. I'm not at the Open University, but I was. And he signed himself in as Chris the Awesome, which people ought to know. (laughs) (laughs) So how's it going to work? Well, each of us will be performing a short piece of poetry we've written ourselves with our own little minds and mittens, and then we'll have an opportunity to have a little chat about it afterwards. Are we all ready, folks? No. Um, just about. No. <laughs> <laughs> not quite Not quite the cacophony of <laughs> I think the reality of it is that we've actually signed ourselves up for. <laughs> just imagine if you can a you massive crowd, a massive judgmental crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone actually ever done this in real, uh, you know, in the physical, like in a in a club anywhere? No, no, been to no. one, but I've never performed at one. Um. Should we just imagine all the listeners naked? I think that's what we're supposed to do. Isn't it? I've I've actually heard they they usually do get naked to listen to Pedagodzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, that, sorry, that's what to say. If you're listening to this naked, there's no one Twitter. The text message will be absolutely fine. But uh, wash your hands first. <laughs> okay, so, having uh, accidentally stepped into the gutter, let's uh, come with our first was, performance. I'll okay. be <clears throat> compare mode. Ladies and gentlemen, can you please welcome Dr. Mark Childs to the stage? Okay, this is about lectures. The lecturer drones, his honed monotone has ground me to the bone. From his notes to mine, without passing through our minds, each implosive tipped bullet point, primed and loaded to bore to my core. Every second, another hole in my soul. And I track back to a keynote by Black, giving flack to every academic hack. You don't know Jack, Mac, your practice is whack, on the waste stack of history. Don't you know the lecture is dead? In truth, it never lived. I need to engage, debate, interrogate, acquire the skills to escape, confines of future futility fate. But the sage on the stage fails to gauge my outrage, just turns another page, creates another cage. The moving finger writes, and having writ, has to carry on to copy down more shit. (laughs) Diminution of concentration, motivation, inspiration, seconds creep, counting down, time, hope, will. I came here to learn now. I just want to leave. What does this achieve? Thank you. 
Wow, that was better. Wow. response to this. I'm, I swear. <laughs> I, I think some, I'm, certainly I'm going to bring this down, but that was amazing. Okay. <laughs> So that was my Craig Charles impersonation because I thought um, he was a he was a, he was a beat poet in the eighties, and I thought, oh, that's what inspired me. But um, nobody remembers he used to do poetry, so I think the impression was lost. But never mind. I thought it was a good impression. I know. Okay. Yeah, I do. I, okay. I love okay. the the whole yeah. kind of page cage outrage. Yeah, I like the the lecture. What was it? The lecture's dead. It never lived. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I want to engage. So, I, I need to. The black reference is uh, there was a keynote I went to at um, Alt by a guy called Donald Black, and he was like haranguing everybody that we were all still giving lectures, and and people were getting annoyed because basically he was arguing with people that agreed with him, which is like, it's annoying because you're going, yeah, no, you're right. Why are you taking it out on us? But um, that was the point at which I thought, yeah, there's a huge movement here to just you know that whole transmission thing of just sitting. And writing down notes and what is the point, really? It's nice to occasionally see a lecturer, but you don't want to have to just listen to them talk for 50 minutes because you might as well just... That died out when books were invented. <laughs> so that's where I went with that one. Next. Death to assimilative. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got its place, but there's too much of it. There's still way, way too much of it. I just humans speak so slowly and PowerPoint is so boring. <laughs> well, just listening just doesn't help. Just listening and listening. So no. you know, that was it, does it except podcast. Bring you in mind of um... <laughs> <laughs> undermining the format. <laughs> yeah, but they're much more fun when you create your own as well. So you know, it's getting that mixture right. Isn't also, it? you can engage because you might be listening to the podcast while doing something else. You know. And in a lecture, you can't do anything else, can you? No. You can that? Yeah, you can, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's how I got through school. I, I just drew in my in my lessons at the time and then wrote down notes as well. But it helped me concentrate. Mm. So. There's, there's some stuff about spaced learning, which is that if you actually get up and do some physical activity in every 20 minutes, you actually learn better, so you can remember things more effectively if you've if you've had some kind of moving around. So, oh yeah, that um, was in the twenty eighteen innovating pedagogy report. Wasn't yeah, it? that's right. Yeah, no, there was no in the show notes. One. It's in the show notes. <laughs> okay, thank you very much, Doctor Mark Childs. Okay, so let's move on to our next performance. So, hailing from. Actually, I probably shouldn't say we live. That's GDPR. Um, and next up to the stage, we have Claire Hill. Please, everybody, welcome her to the stage. Hello, hello. I would now like to recite for you a short sea shanty that I wrote about the body iceberg. What shall we do to retain our sailors? What shall we do to retain our sailors? What shall we do to retain our sailors on the good ship learning? Rig it all together like a mast and boom. Rig it all together like a mast and boom. Rig it all together like a mast and boom. <laughs> Safely oh integrated. Heave ho, razor tossel. Heave ho, razor tossel. All together we hearties. Looting, drinking, singing shanties. Looting, drinking, singing shanties. Looting, drinking, singing shanties. Ahoy, the crew's aboard. 
Caesar Calm the Crusoe's better. Caesar Calm the Crusoe's better. Caesar Calm the Crusoe's better. Said he's done to port. Swap the decks of excess cargo. Swap the decks of excess cargo. Swap the decks of excess cargo. Buoyant ship sails first. Walk the plank for a moment's reflection. Walk the plank for a moment's reflection. Walk the plank for a moment's reflection. Hitch the anchor first. Captain and master plot of course, captain and master plot of course, captain and master plot of course, ensuring gradual progress. What shall we do to retain our sailors? What shall we do to retain our sailors? What shall we do to retain our sailors? Embrace the iceberg model. Oh my god. Oh, that was so good. That, that was really. Oh, that was exhausting. <laughs> These things are kind of a call and response, aren't they? We we could have done a whole joining in with the last with the last thing or something. Yeah. I don't think we've actually covered the iceberg model before on the podcast, and people outside of the Open University might not know what it is. Can you just introduce it? Uh, the iceberg yeah. model is a set of principles that we use uh, to guide module design in a way that aids uh, student retention. And there's a couple in there that you might have uh, spotted. So things like uh, gradual, um, oh, was it removed yeah. uh, excess cargo from the deck? So having economical, uh, economical yeah. that's the one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. integrated. It's an, an acronym, isn't it? Yeah, so I've done it in, in order. So it's, yeah, integrated um, for the rigging, the master boom, raising the top sail altogether is for collaborative. The singing of shanties and the crew being aboard is about them being engaged. Um, and the karma seas are about it being balanced. Swabbing the decks of ex- excess cargo is economical. So uh, module content should be economical. Walking the plank for uh, a moment's reflection refers to reflection. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one a lot. I like, I should really think about what I've done. Yeah. <laughs> Was that any good? And, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Discipline yeah. on the high seat. You walk that plank and think about what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a, a pirate's approach to learning might be very engaging for students. There's a I love it. Definitely. Well, we know somebody who's done a pirate-based model for uh, loan design as well. <laughs> yeah, don't give it. Nobody's ever spotted that. I've basically I've got all these. It's a, it's 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 the equivalent to the OU's. What's it called? The key workshops, the key offer. Um, the core the, offer. The, yeah, the core offer. That's it. And the first workshops called the P workshop because that stands for preparation or something. And then I've labelled each individual <laughs> thing with a different T. So it's a T workshop for let's explore the technology. But at nowhere have I run them all together, and no one yet has spotted that if you put them all together in order, it spells pirates. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just giving the game away. <laughs> um, Mr. Williams, are you, are you in a good position? To I think this? I am. And I would just like to point out before I start that I know we've had some incredibly intellectual, um, you know, versions of this uh, and responses that have been phenomenal. And I kind of like to think that I'm in the same league in a way, but I'm wondering whether I'm not quite at that point. Um, I think uh, in order to really contextualise this, you have to imagine Victorian England and you have to imagine the smogs there. But, you know, out of those smogs comes some entertainment. And you have to think of the musicals, the great musicals, bringing people together, music and costume. And I just want you to, to think of that, maybe somewhere in Brick Lane. 
whilst you uh this is the, this is the real context that you need is this your poem uh, this, is, this is not the poem but i think <laughs> I feel like transported. You, you will be transported that's what i'm saying shall i but shouldn't we welcome him to the stage oh yeah i will i will yeah we, so, the if you, you stop talking long wow. enough <laughs> <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen without further ado please welcome the master of the preface mr mark williams <laughs> here we go one two three four hey you're a similative B, you for sense of belonging. C, you're communicative too. Right. Oh, D, you're deconstructing our mode of pedagogies. E, you're very engaging. F, you're familiar with lots of varying activities. G, you're pretty gradual. H, you're intellectual. I, you're integrated in the things you learn and the things you do. I'd like to stroll on through the learning journey with you. And wouldn't it be a lovely thing to do? There you go. That's my musical. <laughs> it did. Did you give up? Did you give up on the letter J? Then? I didn't think you'd really want me to go really kind of any further than that. Really, but I have to say it has, it has led me into one other song that I'd like to sing for you, and and it, it could turn into a game of some description, right? So here's. Just like one more response, right? So here we go. This is my second response. Ready? A D I S C O. It was D I S C O. There's two more lines of this bit. Um, D I S C O. This is the last one. A D I S C O. Oh, and it was D, developing strategies of independent learning. It was I, interrogating the culture of passive instruction. It was S, succeeding in online education and blended learning. It was C, conscious of moving forward with the student-centred assessment. It was O, obligated in helping learners reach their potential and realise ambitions within and beyond the HE institution. I thank you. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh God! Goodness gracious me! Oh, I haven't laughed that hard for a long time. <laughs> I love the way it really flowed off the tongue. It was that's all I could come up with, really? Oh, so I just because I, I was playing with golf with Mark yesterday yeah. evening, and we finished about ten, and he said, "I still haven't done my poem." <laughs> well, <laughs> so that's that's against the clock. That is that's what really good that, going. That happened very early in the morning, and uh, it, it came to me. But those are the thoughts I have early in the morning. Oh, well done! That was that was absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. stepping up next to the mic is our very own Olivia Rowland. Please give her your hands. Okay, that's what the phrase is. <laughs> I think it is give you your hands. I think it's give her a hand. Oh, is that one? <laughs> give her your hands. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it sounds like she's a bit wobbly. Crowd surfing to the front of the stage, we have Olivia Rowland. I feel I'm I'm introducing a note of tragedy to this um, proceedings, um, just as contrast with the the merriment of the the previous offerings. I've got a 
a woeful tale oh. in yambic pentameter, I think. Um, prepare yourselves for reflection. Oh. I am drowning in a sea of info, emails, wikis, forums, Microsoft Teams. I'm sure it's all useful, new and well-intentioned, but my brain is full and bursting at the seams. How to deal with the abundance of this knowledge? To process all this brand new data, how? Not to mention YouTube, podcasts, papers. We need a better pedagogy now. Alone, the battle seems like one that's endless. And as for where to start, I do not know. Why not start by listening to one another? Reflection leads us where we need to go. Very good. Way. That was so. Oh, but the whole pedagogy of abundance thing is something I only recently became aware of, but it's so interesting. And it it's is, so isn't it? true. It's very true. Well, it's oh, what's this under ped- is that pedagogy of abund- abundance? Is that an actual? Is that is that? A a thing. Re- There's a whole a paper about it. Oh, okay. Could you just give like a, a quick potted version of it, Olivia? Yeah. So it's uh Mike. It's it was mom. in the poem, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> It's um it's a Martin Weller thing. Um uh, he wrote a paper, I think in twenty eleven, I'm sure, um, and he's written more since, kind of basically commenting a bit like you were saying that, you know, um universities were built on the idea of there only being one book. So everyone had to get together and listen to it. But now everything's changed. We're no longer in a pedagogy of scarcity. We're in a pedagogy of abundance where there's information everywhere and um, everyone can talk mm. about everything all the time and we're all just having information thrown at us. But actually we need a new pedagogy to help us process all that information. Uh, not just cool. kind of um, chuck information at each other, but actually discuss it and reflect on it and put it into action. Look at that. Link to that in the show notes then, I guess. Yeah. No, it's like that thing, you know, where they say we're only eight people away from Francis Bacon. Not Francis Bacon. (laughs) Who's the actor? Bacon. Kevin Bacon. I'm only three. I worked it out. Sorry, I I just I I I saw the article as well. I thought it was just really interesting because it's I, it's it's something I have observed recently. It's like, oh my god, I'm bombarded by information, information even more than usual recently because everybody, ev- all information is being transmitted to me via email and website and stuff. In addition to the constant news cycle, so I was just like, yes, I'm so glad that somebody's in some way kind of surfacing this. I think as well, you know, I think space has become less delineated. You know, online space has taken over, mm. and and you know, we we're all working in our own homes, so our homes become this continual space of reflection mm. on our work and the things that we are working with throughout the day. So, yeah, I think it's become more, you know, important now than ever to get help with that. So, yeah, I kind of... I think as well, there's all this technology that's kind of designed to help us share information. And actually, it doesn't really help at all. It just provides another thing to put a thing in. You know, now I can share it on Yammer as well as Teams, as well as email and put it in a wiki and, I don't know, and now I've got to look at four places instead of one. So. And is there now such a thing as information anxiety where there's just so much information to access that we worry that, that we haven't got time to access it all or we might be missing something important? Mm. Yeah, I have FOMO, that. fear of missing out, isn't mm. there? So you have to spend so much time keeping track of everything, particularly like anxiety about keeping up with news when it's news cycle type thing, that, you know, you sort of doom scroll and then that raises anxiety levels as well and all that sort of mm. thing. There was yeah. a, there's a good book uh, written, and I read it before the 
lockdowns, um, the various lockdowns called uh, digital minimalism, um, because it was just fascinating. There's um, a computing professor, Cal Newport, in America who doesn't have Facebook or social media, and he refuses to engage with it, um, but he's a very successful author anyway. Um, and he's all about focused attention at work, beating down distractions or getting rid of them. Um, you know, like carving out blocks of time to focus because your deep work happens when you focus and any interruption takes you 15 minutes to recover from. So he's all about living a better life by cutting the amount of information you have mm. and doing activities with your hands and just in the evening switching off, getting rid of your phone and just doing physical crafts or projects. Or mm. um, and it's never been more relevant. So oh, I like the sound of that. Mm. <laughs> I think that's one of the problems yeah. with that feeling of disconnection from people with the remote learning stuff is that mm. doing crafts together, it's so difficult to replicate online. And I think that's one of the interesting things it's nice to try and develop is, you know, we need more of that. We need more mechanisms, platforms where you can actually share stuff by, I don't know, passing it. I don't know, you pass it through the screen, but you, you know, to do those crafts together, to actually sit around a table and talk yeah. about stuff. We still don't have good systems for, for doing that, really. Thank you very much to Olivia. <laughs> thank you thank you one two three is that is that working <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Is that, loud and clear is that, is that good okay thanks this is uh homage to dr Hughes by way of the medieval period <laughs> <laughs> the tree dweller and the maiden there was once a young man from the forests of Flim whose chances at life were incredibly slim. To get out of his rut, he knew not what to do, and thought of more years in the trees made him quite blue. He loved his life there, he truly did, but the thought this was it just made him flip his lid. He resolved to journey forth, courage in hand, and fortitude too, it made him feel rather grand. He stepped out of the forest and into the clearing to sign up for a course in the Vale of Great Spleering. He stepped forth with heart still quite noble until he approached the door of the uni of Grenoble. He quivered and quailed, oh, where was his strength now? It had vanished like the misty fog of Tapau. Who am I to be here, he thought rather glumly, regarding the portraits of professors standing plumly. A kindly young lady by name of Pertwee came by and smiled and exclaimed, Excuse me, what bothers you, sir? Are you thinking of studying botany? Why, yes, yes, said the lad, his eyes filled with wonder. That was what he wanted, his doubt torn asunder. His childhood among plants infused his soul's teapot. But he paused, then muttered, mm, but maybe not. It's the course full of lists and dry. What's it like? Is it enough to send me away on my bike? She said, nay, for this course is designed for you to discover. Plants, flora and biomes to uncover. You'll do lots of activities, team up, solve mysteries, reveal stories, all put together for your educational glories. We'll show, not tell you about flowers in action, until you achieve learning satisfaction. Why, thank you, said he. That sounds rather engaging. And he signed up right away with no thoughts of renaging. So the point <laughs> of this tale, I hope you will see, is to do more than teach the A, the B, or even the C. But use stories to capture students' imaginations, make them active and tied to their situation. Make your subjects fly, give your course a narrative, beginning, middle, end, that students can identify with. For story binds us together and nourishes a common thread, so use it wisely. 
and allow others to flourish, Jez. Did you say the mists of Tapau? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that some of those things might need explaining then. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, the whole thing is kind of a story, and hopefully that was engaging. So the whole point is, instead of me saying, hey, make your stuff engaging, um, it, we've done a story, we've, you know, we've met the students where they are, we're sort of appealing to what they want to do. We've got them over the threshold of going, oh, shall I sign up or not? We've encouraged them. We've, there's all sorts of things tied in there. Um, we've suggested using activities instead of just doing lists and A, B, and C. We're basically feeding in use narrative so as it catches people's imaginations, draws them where they need to go. And, um, yeah, ultimately, that's the way we all speak. Historified learning in a story. Which yes. is even better. Yes. How, How meta is that? How meta, yeah. How meta is that, he said <laughs> to a hat. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, Chris Cox, for that fantastic story about stories and stories and stories. <laughs> And stepping up next to the microphone, we have Dot the Doz Coley. Actually, had Dot. How would you like to be introduced? Because you put yourself in as Doz on um, on chat. Oh, I just did that. You know what? I was going to come in and introduce myself as a Scouser. <laughs> and then I thought, actually, no, that goes back on what I said yesterday. I know. It's like, and, and it's like, oh my god! Now we get marks out of ten for my accent. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to come in and do that. All right, there, kids. Dot the Doz. Carly sounds really good. Okay, no, and so <laughs> stepping up to the microphone now, we have Dot the Doz Coley. Well, Please give me your hands. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, 11.30 in the evening, and it, it finally came to me. Um, and I will admit that I'd spent a few hours earlier in the day going, oh, my head's empty. <laughs> so um, I just wrote a poem about PDP <laughs> and personal development planning. <laughs> So um, hopefully you've all heard of the, the five steps of PDP. So here we go. Uh, PDP presented in five clear parts to reach all your goals, whether in science or arts. What skill do you need? Identify it. Take it in stages. Simplify it. Create a plan and map it out. You can succeed, have no doubt. Now comes your time, your time to act. It's not that hard. Take that as fact. Then you record it, you write it down. Whatever your reaction, a smile or a frown. The last part is vital. It's where you review and ask yourself honestly, how did you do? Follow this process until you believe you control everything and you can achieve. Cool. Woo! That's really good. That's, that's like a good aid memoir, that one. It's like it's nice and short and punchy. You could actually use that as like a shorthand to remember the PDP steps. Yeah, and obviously on paper, I've highlighted the five steps, identify, plan, act, record, review. Um, and then, of course, the review, it's difficult to get into the poem, but the review um, feeds straight back into identify because um, you might identify something new when you review. That's uh, some actions to go with the important words. Often, I mean, people really struggle with PDP and normally you get the five steps of PDP are Denial, anger, <laughs> uh, whatever. You know, it's like, oh, no, I've got to do this. But, you know, if you take control of it, it could actually be quite, it can be a really useful thing. It's just 
I don't know. Most places I've been have not supported it really effectively. I mean, you know, it's 12 now, I think, places I've worked because of the rate at which the, 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 soon I have to move on because I keep on being found out. But um, is this from the perspective of you supporting people with their PDPs as well? No, no. Oh, okay. This goes back to a project I was involved in a couple of years ago, um, and it's still ongoing. I think Mike has worked on the, the module that it's been yeah. put into. Um, so, yeah, it goes back to that. But it's something that having worked with it in my student persona, I've actually used it and actually okay. found the benefit of it. And yet it hasn't ever been embedded into one of my modules. Uh, so it's okay. something that I've actually learned through work and taken into my student life. Oh, we see this is something that we've covered on the podcast a couple of times, actually, which is both experiential learning and expansion of the metacognitive toolkit in that like, P- PDP <laughs> is fundamentally experiential learning with kind of like, you know, a, a workable model attached to it. Like, here's how you do your experiential learning. But it's all about giving people those kind of those mental toolkits they need to actually apply and sort of recognize that type of learning in their own life. Because experiential learning itself is sort of as natural as breathing in so many respects. But it's kind of recognizing it allows you to kind of really leverage it and kind of identify and enjoy the benefits. Yeah, and, and I think that the key there is going back to that, the five steps that Mark C mentioned, um, that denial and anger um it's that identify it and simplify it because if you just try and tackle everything in one go yeah you you will feel overloaded but if you just pick off small things um, and identify those small bits that feed into the bigger picture then that i think that five-step model really works it's helping you to develop a growth mindset at the same time as well isn't it which is is always beneficial yes and Dot has recently got an MA in creative writing. I have, but I'm not really qualified in poetry because I dropped poetry in favour of script and I haven't written a script since. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. And I do keep thinking about it, but I've written more poetry than I have script. (laughs) 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 Plus I only got a merit. Which oh, oh, something yeah. oh, oh my god, oh. what was the point? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> you know, there's people out there that just pop there's, there's some people within that oh, actually yeah. on this podcast who only got a pass on the same qualification at the same yeah. time, yeah, yeah, stop them up, piles. Okay, well, thank you very much, uh, Doc Holy. And um, Mark, would you please be so good as to pick up the Compares microphone to, to introduce me for the next bit? And so, next up, we have <laughs> your friend and mine, <laughs> Mr. Michael Collins. <laughs> Oh, hello, hello. Oh, dear, it's my first time here. Um, okay, so uh, this is uh, a little a little poem which breaks my own brief for the poems, uh, which I like to call Attempting to Summarise Two Years of Pedagogic Podcasting in a Poem. There once was a learning designer whose confidence could have been higher with the research concerning our teaching and learning and pedagogies rougher and finer. Fumbling around in the dark, he met with his colleague, Doc Mark. They resolved on that day that a podcast's the way to discuss and explore and demark. And so they commenced with endeavours immense to dissect and compare and consider, because geek was their thing and the lens they could bring to these theories smaller and bigger. 
Communities of practice by Wenger and Leif gave them boundaries and objects and agents. Little did they know through a sphere one would go to vague pedagogic acquaintance. Barack Rosenshine had ten principles he was quite fond of, despite our misgivings. There's now seventeen, but we'd rather heed stuck with meat as opposed to the trimmings. Review them, present new material in steps, limit how much you are giving them. Be clear, ask them stuff you should model when tough, keep it active and work through their problems. Cognitive load is a balancing act between lurking and longer-term memory. To bring your tuition to long-term fruition, you should pass and use schemas quite cleverly. Constructive alignment, a favourite of ours, sometimes called backwards design, shows the links between outcomes, assessments, activities, and how they align as the spine. Of your teaching, all else is irrelevant, perhaps, but that is reductivist pap. For as well as assessment, we should love what we learn, for that is what brings students back. Experiential learning from lovely old Kolb is a favourite we keep on revisiting. Experience, reflect, conceptualise, experiment, helps our practice just keep on improving. Situated learning brings social constructivist context authentic within a thing. You'll observe it at work in a team as a perk of cooperative experience togethering. Critical digital pedagogy propounds collaboration and community. It is open, diverse, inward-facing, is worse, with no single voice but cacophony. Why Ian Stewart lies to his children is clear for us all to see. For some things are true from a certain point of view, said great teacher B. Kenobi. Montessori, rather trendy, won us over quick. Bases its approach on development neurologic. Agency, sensitivity, a curriculum quite smart. Teaches children to be people and master their own heart. Systems thinking helps you see the whole, the silos, the bits, the spirit level and tape measure in your metacognitive toolkits. Craftful takes Old Bloom's taxonomy and verbs up the nouns, puts creativity in its rightful place as the highest pinace of cognitive learning activity. <laughs> Problem-based learning, an approach you can use to explore and to solve as a team, with your tutor to guide your solutions inside while maintaining a good head of steam. Ontology asks if a thing exists. Epistemology is how you decide. Is it positivism to measure and count or interpretivism beside? You could survey a bunch, take your grandma to lunch, ask questions about how she feels, expand and compare your study with peers to decide if the thing is real. Active learning, nice and simple. Read this book about the pimple. As instruction, this is cheap. But has your students half asleep? Give them something more to do. Have them note upon their shoe their own research about their spots. Encourage them to join the dots. Develop skills in your instruction. That is half of teaching's function. Mesero's transformative learning asks that you reflect on your contexts and your thinking against new evidence, direct. Constructivism is Ronsil in that it does what it says on the tin. It's how we construct understandings robust from our schemas and memories within. The learning designer thought back on what he learned on his podcast so far. They had covered so much, but a few things shone through that he thought he should probably shar. And they are. <laughs> Lecture less, equip more, Drop your booty to the floor. <laughs> Teaching still works over distance. Excuse my rhythm inconsistence. <laughs> oh, my God, that was incredible. <laughs> <laughs>
That was How amazing. How long did that take you to write, Michael? Like... Less time than you think. It's been quite a Yes, this is the 24th episode, we were saying, isn't it? Yes, so. this is the 24th episode, and that summarises most of the big pedagogies that we've covered um, yeah. in the last two years. Wow. In order. So impressive. Cool. A lot of information in there. Hey, very, Probably too much very. to pluck out. <laughs> needs, it needs a second listen, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> I imagined that you were Even wearing you a tweed see. jacket and you were monocled as you were saying. That was the sort of Lewis Carroll thing, wasn't it? I was getting, I was getting vibes of Jabberwocky and things like that. I'll be honest with you. I just started writing a limerick and then oh, and then it just started expanded. doing other things. Yeah, just expanded and then bits didn't fit, so I just did whatever. So it's not a particularly poemy structured poem, um, but it. But bits of it are accurate, except for, I'm hoping the ontology and epistemology bit, I got the right way around. Yeah, yeah, so that was that was spot on. Do you think that would save someone a lot of work if they just listened to that? Yeah, they wouldn't have to listen to 23, 23 episodes of shit, would they? <laughs> no, I don't know in terms of like studying. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be amazing if that was... I was thinking, yeah. wouldn't that be good if that was what you had to do for your EMA? If this has been like you two years on a course about learning design, and <laughs> you had to write a poem about what you learned, that would be brilliant. Oh, that, that element of it was actually really useful as well. Cause, so I wrote a list of all of the big bits of pedagogy we'd done since the start. Um, and actually going through it and kind of just recapping things and being like, oh, actually, I do remember what the key principles of this mm. are. And just having that little bit of reflection for each one. And kind of boiling it down to what are like the six important words and how do I rhyme them for this particular bit <laughs> was um, really, it was actually, it was actually like, oh, wow, I have actually learned a bit more than I thought I had, mm. or at least remembered a few more kind of like blagging points than I, than I thought I originally had. So I was, um, yeah, it was as a process to go through, I can heartily recommend writing a poorly structured limerick as a, <laughs> of, um, as a reflective tool. Uh, so Mark, can I please trouble you for the, uh, the compares mic back? Oh, yeah, sorry. There we go. Thank you. Uh, yeah, sorry. I dropped it in the beer. Oh, oh soggy. I'll just, <laughs> just blow the, the worst of the suds off. So, everybody, thank you very much again for your uh, your contributions and the wonderful evening of entertainment uh, that you've given me and each other. Uh, one more round of applause for everybody who's performed this evening. Yay! Whoa. Links to everything we've discussed uh, will be in the show notes. So thank you so very much for listening. Um, you can subscribe to us on all of your favorite apps, feeds, and at our website, pedagodzilla.com. You can also get in touch with us via Twitter. I'm at pedagodzilla. I'm at Mark Childs. I'm at OKA underscore Roland. With a W. Correct. Between the O and the L. <laughs> 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 Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.